0: Hello and welcome to Board and Sassy. I'm Val, and I'm Sam,
1: and we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy, grown-up bent. Today, we're going to talk about Bad Walkers, a housekeeping debacle, and also introduce our new "silly shit in Disney films" segment.
0: If that's what we're gonna call it, I don't, I don't know about that.
1: Look, I, it's. I think it's a good name.
0: <laughs> I think we should call it. Disney quandaries.
1: I think I completely disagree. Here's what we do. You, the listeners, there are 17 of you or so. Suggest us names for this corner once you get a chance to hear what it actually is.
0: I actually just downloaded the podcast 17 times. God
1: damn it. I knew those figures were (laughs) inflated. (laughs) topic for today is how much other guests at the Disney parks suck
0: well that's a rude way to put it but <laughs> no it's 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 not quite that it's I would say it's it's how people when they're in a magical place on vacation are just completely unaware of other human beings around them and that everyone you know is also trying to have a vacation
1: yeah, so I think one thing that happens at Walt Disney World is people get really excited about being there. They're like, this is the, my vacation. I'm so excited. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And they just kind of think that they're in a bubble of themselves. Not to say that doesn't happen elsewhere because like walking around the streets of Boston feels that way a lot of the time too. Um, but it seems to happen quite a bit at Walt Disney World. And what that means is a lot of people are really bad at walking.
0: It's kind of shocking, actually. It's it's basic stuff. It's just... I understand that there are some regional differences about, say, keeping left versus keeping right and things like that. But in general, just like try to walk a little bit heads up and pay attention to whether people are walking towards you or whatever. And also, the classic, and this is really what we're talking about here... Is when you are walking in a lane of traffic, don't just immediately stop exactly where you are. <laughs> Especially when you're like six people with three strollers or something <laughs> and you've just completely like you've corked traffic right there.
1: I knew that was what you were gonna say as soon as you were like, and this thing because this is like our number one complaint at Walt Disney World with other guests, is the fact that you'll be walking And Brenda will realize she doesn't know exactly how to get to Dinosaur. And instead of pulling out her phone and pulling her family off to the side of the path where there's room, like next to a garbage can or off of the path or whatever, she pulls out her phone and just stops. She goes, wait, 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 stop. And then six or eight people are just blocking your way. And this is normally just kind of a pain in the ass. If you're both adults, like Sam and I have our our textbook method of crowd busting, which is twofold. One thing is that we kind of will deliberately split up to get through crowds. The other thing is that when people stop like that, we just go around them. Like we just split, lose each other, fine, come back together on the other side, Um, usually with a little bit of grumbling involved. The big problem though with it is if folks are in ECVs or wheelchairs and you stop right in front of them, Momentum is a thing that you might know. I don't know, Sam, if you want to explain what momentum is from a science perspective. No,
0: that's fine. I think people pretty much get it. <laughs> like, just... when you're moving, especially when you have some mass. See, I don't even need to be in a wheelchair or a CV. I'm just a big guy. So stopping quickly for a big guy is also a problem. And I don't want to, like, truck right over people. So if they stop really quickly right in front of me, that, that can be as much of a problem. But it's even harder for wheeled vehicles, for instance, to be able to stop on a dime. So if you are moving with traffic, and we all know that at Disney you can't leave, you know, three car lengths because that's not how it works. Uh, If you stop immediately in the middle of traffic without pulling off to the side first, essentially, uh, you are at risk of having your your ankles stomped in some capacity.
1: Yeah, and I have personal experience with this because I took a trip last April Um, with someone who ended up being in a wheelchair for most of the trip due to a long-term kind of injury, um, chronic condition. And there were so many times when I almost hit someone because I was pushing him along um, because he was an adult in a wheelchair. And again, as Sam said, you can't just leave a bunch of car lengths, as it were, between yourself and the people in front of you. Every time I tried to Other folks would go, ooh, space, and they would just crowd right in front of that wheelchair. So I almost never had any real running, uh, any real stopping time, effectively, if traffic traffic were to stop. Um, And the thing, again, that people don't realize is even if the wheelchair is not right behind them, there could be one, two or three groups behind you. Um, And you are just absolutely blocking that. This is don't don't stop to look at your phone. Don't stop to look at the map. Don't do a direction change in the same lane of traffic where you are that's going to result in you crashing into the people behind you. <laughs>
0: oh we're gonna go right back the way we came without any notice and oh oh, wait wait there are people behind us trying to move in the direction we were trying to move before
1: like I get that organizing large groups is hard because we've also I mean it's not like we've never walked around with other folks at Walt Disney World either but again that's why you pull off to the side also for God's sake if you're a group of six or eight people and you walk abreast instead of in like a clumped group that's no more than two wide at one time I hate you
0: so let's talk about that because that doesn't even make any sense to me, because I understand if you are if you are three people wanting to walk three abreast so that you can all talk, or at least the two outer people can talk to the middle person at the very least, right? That kind of makes sense to me, even though when there isn't room for people to walk three abreast, like most sidewalks in Boston or Cambridge, which <laughs> is where I experience it most, then please, you know, temporarily get single or at least double file, come on. But at Disney, if you are walking... Six abreast, you can't even see the person like five people away from you. <laughs> right. So, like, wouldn't you all be like? In fact, just like,
1: well, that results geographically,
0: in like, you would be, you would be dramatically closer to each other if you were three and three or two by three or yeah. something. It instead. results
1: in it results in a lot of stopping too, because it is like if the two on the ends want to talk to each other, it's a full turn to your left from one side and a full turn to your right from the other and that results in slowing everything down. Even if you're three people, do two walking with one behind. That's like an easy way that makes it simple for everyone to converse. That's what I tend to do when I'm walking with two other people. Um, It just, it seems like all of that goes out the window and it's like, I paid so much for this vacation and this
0: whole place is mine. Right, right, exactly. And and that's that's the other thing too is Walking six abreast is yeah on a not-so-busy day. That's not the biggest deal And it's also not the biggest deal if you're actually in one of the wider main areas where there's there's actually a fair bit of room But when it's really unacceptable is when it's either super super busy and people are barely squeezing past each other anyway or when you're going to stop a bunch if you're gonna stop a bunch then if you're spread out as far as possible, you are impacting everyone around you as much as possible by stopping. Whereas if you were six people single file somehow, which in the few times that we've been there with more than just the two of us in a group, we ended up walking kind of a single file through crowds uh, in part because I'm very tall and people can just sort of follow the back of my head um, in, a, in a line uh, as I bust through the crowd in front of them because I can see over everyone to find the optimal route. But walking single file means that you can just kind of weave through and get where you need to go. If you're walking wide, you're going to slow everyone else down while you are also being slowed down by everyone. So it it just doesn't make any sense other than the, you know, if you want to do a a kick line or something, I suppose. Like, that's really the only excuse to, to walk six abreast is if you're going to skip and then do a kick line.
1: It's completely suboptimal for you and also for all the people around you. And I think the before anyone goes like, well, oh my God, did you never do that? Like, all of us do this sometimes. Once in a while, we will all have like a, oops, I wasn't the most courteous, right? I'm not saying that like, we're perfect and everyone else is terrible. We just notice it, again, as people who walk around in the city a lot, um, we do notice it a lot more in Walt Disney World specifically, where folks really do seem to just kind of like turn off their normal courtesy sensors or something. And they just don't, they don't look around, they don't, they don't recognize what's around them, they're not paying attention to their surroundings. Um, and it is really, again, It's just very difficult, Um, and often you'll see folks do it the same, you know, the same folks do it two or three times or whatever else.
0: Yeah, and I'll freely admit that I'm not immune to this effect. I get caught up in the moment at Disney. I feel like especially at Animal Kingdom when there's a, a cool animal doing something funny like I will I will absolutely every now and then just forget where I am and that there are other humans around me and end up stopping in the middle of flowing traffic and then when someone like kind of has to nudge around me or whatever then usually I realize what's happening and I actually go oh I'm I'm so sorry which is another thing that really seems to be lacking at Disney in these scenarios is that even when people maybe realize that they've, you know, been a hindrance to traffic or really inconvenience to the people around them they almost never acknowledge it or apologize because they're on vacation. Vacation isn't for apologizing. Yeah, I, Vacation I mean, isn't for being polite.
1: I've gotten a sorry once or twice, like an oops or sorry or whatever. like, And that, that actually does make it bother me a little bit less when someone does realize it. But it's like some of these people are kind of in a vacation trance and just don't even realize that they've impacted anyone else. And it's made me very hyper-conscious of it to where if you do do that or if I notice myself doing it, I pretty immediately go, oh, wait, and pull us over to the side.
0: Yeah, well, and that's that's the other thing I suppose is that it's it wouldn't be so bad if people acknowledged that they that they had done something wrong, that they were being inconsiderate. It's the fact that when someone is being inconvenience, uh, wow, when someone is inconveniencing everyone around them and then they have the audacity to be kind of offended that people are like <laughs> right, grumpily walking right, around them and right. it's like how dare you walk around me I was here first and it's yeah. like you stopped you, like you stopped what what do you expect yeah. from me we're yeah. gonna brush past you like I was there's like not room. really
1: waiting to accidentally crash into someone with that wheelchair and then and then have them be mad about it because I was just right. like I can't like people just did not have any and and like I in some ways, I understand because um, I think even prior to that trip, I felt that way myself. Sometimes, where like ECVs or wheelchairs were these things that were kind of in my way and were kind of a pain in the ass. And I get it. Um, but at the same time, those are things that people need. They are mobility aids. Those people deserve to be able to go to the parks too. And you have to be conscious of them, just like you have to be conscious of you know, 18-wheelers on the highway or bigger vehicles. Like, it's just, it's a part of life. Deal with it like an adult.
0: Yeah, and I think, admittedly, until you had relayed some of that experience to me, I didn't really understand it. Because as just a, a pedestrian, a, a bipedal member of the Disney visiting public, uh, it's it's a very different experience than it is when you are constrained to a vehicle. And I think all of the people that I saw Rolling around in scooters That were, you know At the time, my perspective was Wow, these people just give zero shits About the people in their way They're just sort of plowing through And then I realized that After a certain point, like, you really don't have a choice when you're in one of those because no one's going to give you an inch. Like, they're not going to get out of your way. They're not going to let you make it safe. You just kind of have to do your best to not plow through anyone, but be assertive with your driving because otherwise you're never going to get anywhere.
1: Yeah, and not to get too into the, like, wheelchair rant because this could be a whole uh, episode in itself. Sure. But there is um, very much, a lot of these people are folks who are not actually constant, daily mobility device users. They are older folks who can normally get around fine, or maybe use a walker, but because of the distances required at Walt Disney World, needed the person I was with made it through the first day and then could not walk by the end of that day and realized he was gonna need a wheelchair for the rest of the trip. So we got a wheelchair, but I wasn't used to piloting one. He wasn't necessarily super used to, to driving one around. These folks on ECVs you'll often see backing themselves up to park outside of a ride, and they have a hard time with it because they're not used to using that. So just a little bit more compassion for the folks around us who are learning to use those devices and also just a little bit more um, uh, cognizance of the folks who are around you, a little bit more respect for the other folks around you, which sounds funny because it sounds like I've been bitching about them for like 15 minutes, but truly just if we could all be a little more aware of each other, everything would work out so much better.
0: So yeah, I think awareness is a really big uh, key factor there on, on every side. This is, if you're the person who needs to stop getting out of the way and not just stopping on a dime, this is being aware when you are operating a vehicle, or this is being aware when you are around people operating vehicles and remembering that it is hard and that these are probably not people who are operating them full-time, daily in their life. Um, the other piece here is, I, I wonder, Val, uh, is there more that could be done? Like, sh- are, are there, you know, is there a safety course when you get an ECB or something, or uh, how does this how does this work? Because it sort of seems like it's the wild west out there. And if you have, I mean, I I remember when I worked at a grocery store, like you know, I, I saw some some pretty horrific uh, uh, scooter cart accidents uh, just because. People weren't used to driving them. I saw a whole uh, one of those classic like towers of of cans or boxes or something just get clipped by the corner of one of those, and it just oh, brought the whole no. thing down. And it was <laughs> it was definitely a cleanup on aisle three situation. It was it was no fun. But like I couldn't even really fault the person because they steer weird. Like they they're do. really weird they device. S- like they steer really it's nothing weird. like a car. They
1: steer really weird. I don't think that most folks get. I mean, you're not going to get like an hour of training time. You're going to get here's where the key is that you turn it here the buttons that do this thing, even a manual wheelchair is pretty difficult to use um, if there is, again, like a full grown adult human in it. Um, It can be pretty, pretty hard. Um, It doesn't have the best turning radius ever. So it is, you know, these things are difficult to use. And Walt Disney World is very accommodating, but it isn't like they designed the park specifically to have a bunch of room for these. So it gets to be pretty difficult. Our next topic is also another kind of rant situation. Uh, we took a quick trip just for a weekend in December of last year, and we stayed at Port Orleans Riverside, which we hadn't stayed at in, I want to say two or three years, but is really one of our favorite resorts. We actually booked our trip that we're going on in like 15 days there Yay. as well. Um, and we had a really weird experience. We got there, we checked in, we got into our room and, um, and then we decided to just take a nap because we had been on an early morning flight out of Providence um, and we wanted to take a nap before we headed out to any parks. And we got visited by housekeeping like three or four times within like a two or three hour span.
0: So there we are laying in our, our lovely freshly made beds because we even checked in early, I believe. We right? did. And uh, so we get a knock on the door. And I'm like half awake, scrambling to get clothes on to and go the, the door. And the person
1: opens the door. Right, and they We they had they the bolts over it, thank God, I yeah. think.
0: Uh, I, that time I don't no, think we did. we might did, not. Because we like, just got there, so we hadn't even imagined that, that someone yeah. would already be trying to knock on our door. The
1: door opened, we were like, no, 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 And they were like, oh my God, <laughs> sorry. And then they just like left.
0: Right, they just left. Before they... we
1: could get up and have clothes on. They just took off.
0: So, after that, we think, okay, they, they must have just had the wrong room or something and thought this one wasn't done already. And so, we go back to our nap. And then, uh, next was, we we got a knock on the door. This time, we were ready for it, right? I mean, we
1: weren't super ready, but, like, we at least had clothes closer by. Right. And they just kind of, like, asked if we'd just gotten here and if we needed anything. So, we assumed that this was a daily occupancy check. But there's a twist. Um, so, they go ask if we need anything, you know, they leave. Then someone, another person, all of these are folks from housekeeping staff. Another person knocks on our door and then they're like, oh, oops, this is the wrong room when we get there. And we're like, what the hell? And so I tweeted angrily about it. And like 10 minutes later, the actual occupancy check happens. We had just checked in. That day, why do you need to check my room for safety or firearms or whatever when I literally checked in like two hours ago and three other people have already visited my room?
0: Right, it it does seem a little bit excessive. And it was actually, it, it was one of the first experiences where staying uh, at one of the on-property resorts didn't feel like a great experience because it was like, go check in and now you're in the magical place and it was like, I just want to take a nap but people keep knocking on our door and then we also realized that the the problem was that when we didn't have a, a door hanger for a, like, do not disturb or We occupied. didn't have
1: the room occupied sign which we didn't realize, like, we didn't think about it because if it's on the back of the door you think to put it on the front of the door. If it's not there you don't necessarily realize, like, oh, this thing is missing.
0: Well, and I also, I'm, I'm trained to use that if we are... Home, or or I say home, you know what I mean. (laughs) Um, Disney-speak, that is home. Um, When I'm trained to think of it when I am in the hotel room when I'm expected to be out and housekeeping should be coming. Uh, But when I've just checked in, I generally think I'm safe until tomorrow midday. But... Apparently, that's not the case anymore.
1: Right. And even still, like if it had been there, I would have put it on the right. door. But because it wasn't there, I just didn't even remember. Like I didn't realize it was a thing. And so when um, when Sam went to grab dinner that night, I said, can you just swing by the front desk and ask them if they have one and just grab it? And they wouldn't just give you one. Um, but well, they, they didn't have them there. Right, but right. Yeah. But they so they sent someone over with one and, and everything was was fine.
0: It was still a, a bit of a, a rough start, especially because of the really, really early flight. We were just kind of, you know, running on, on empty as it was, plus sort of feeling uh, uh, harassed in our first uh, first couple hours on property was a, a little bit of a strange start to our, our short stay. But, you know, I I, I want to actually jump back to the prior trip and talk about the fact that this isn't the, the first issue recently that we've had with with housekeeping on Disney property too. Um and that was a, a different experience where uh it was it was that was at pop, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so they uh maybe for the first time since I've uh been at Disney offering the the free money um the the credit, no? Okay. It's been at least a couple years that they've okay. been doing that now, yeah. All right. Well I it's the first time I noticed it mm-hmm. <laughs> as we checked in. Um, but anyway, they uh, they had a really hard time actually servicing our room. Uh, initially, it was they did service our room on the first day and just didn't bring us fresh coffee. Um, and that, you know, wasn't a big deal. We called and we got we got the, the coffee that we needed for the coffee maker in the room. Uh, but then after that, we had like two days in a row during our fairly short trip where we just didn't manage to get the room serviced because we were always back for a nap at exactly the wrong time. And then after we left to go out again, it just never got serviced.
1: Yeah, and we had like two or three of those. So I kind of did a tweet storm about this at the time. Um, And I was really mad because this idea of, oh, you can get a gift card if you decline housekeeping sounds really harmless. Like, oh, well, if you don't decline housekeeping, things will be fine. But it's not because they're trying to cut staff. So because of that, it means that there are less folks around to do the work because they're expecting folks to opt out. Um, And so we had housekeeping come like two days out of a possible five because the fewer staff members you have to clean rooms the uh, bigger the window is going to be that those people have to work in. And so we had two days where um, we had gotten back to our hotel for that break by around 3 p.m. and the room hadn't been serviced. And one of those days we had been out at 8 a.m. So there was a seven hour window where the room could have been serviced. We know they start that early, but they never got to us. Um, And I was really just aggravated about it because the other thing is, like we're adults, whatever, you know, we can we can handle it. But I don't know what you would do if you had kids who needed a nap every day. And if you made a lot of trash, again, potentially because of having kids um, and they're checking rooms daily all the time. Um, they're going to the room, they're making sure that you're not stockpiling weapons, um, but they can't get the staff to clean it. Again, I don't know what you'd do if you have kids in that situation who actually need naps and you need your trash emptied. Do you, do you, can you take it yourself? Can you go to a dumpster?
0: So one of the things that that did come up when I, so I, I of course very politely went to the front desk and, and complained and actually retroactively got the credit that we should have gotten for not getting housekeeping. Um, and the, the woman at the front desk uh, actually did provide some, some actionable advice, um, even though it kind of uh, feels uh, f- it feels a little bit rude to do this. But what she suggested and said that she does is when she's planning on coming back at some point during the day... Uh, She will call housekeeping when she leaves her room and say, I'm leaving my room now, but I'm planning on being back at this time. Is there a chance that we could get the room serviced in that window? And she says that usually they will be able to. It's not a guarantee, but usually they will then try to prioritize that. Yeah. Um, And. That at least is some actionable advice. I don't know how well that will work. It's something that we might try during this upcoming stay just to see if it helps. But it also does require you planning your breaks. And we don't always plan our breaks. Because I can always. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes sometimes for us it's just we go out expecting to be able to be out the whole day. And by you know early afternoon when we're about to hop parks or something, we go, eh, I, I think I could use a break. Let's go back to the resort. So yeah. it's not always Plan and also like yeah health sometimes for me
1: it's because I get sick and I can't be walking around the parks and I need to go to a place where I can just chill and have my body be a total asshole to me for a few hours so like that's the thing that's hard for me is it used to be that if you got out of the room by a you know a relatively early time your room would get serviced and everything would be fine and now it's this thing where um it doesn't seem to really matter Uh, And that room isn't necessarily going to be available if I go back and I need it in, like, a semi-emergency situation.
0: Yeah, and that's something that's a little bit weird to me. Maybe, Maybe this is just me highlighting my lack of travel experience. But I feel like in the past, almost every hotel that I've been to, I could reasonably expect that as long as I get out of the hotel room, you know, sometime between 9 and 10 or something in the morning... Uh, I can reasonably expect that if I'm back, you know, after lunch or something, if I'm back by one, the hotel should be serviced. It's usually like uh, everywhere that I've been, especially in touristy places and everything, uh, I sort of feel like it's expected that you're going to pop back to the room at some point. It's sort of your home base. So between 11 and, and one or something, usually the room gets serviced, right?
1: Yeah, it really feels like this is an anomaly and it does feel like they're basically just lower staff, larger window, um, and they're not having as many folks doing the work. Um, And it it just sucks. I mean, the reason that it sucks is because no matter which resort you're staying at, no matter if it's a moderate down to a value, I mean, you're paying a lot of money for that room, and it sucks to feel like you're getting shittier service than you would at a standard Hilton or Marriott or somewhere.
0: Especially when the the bonus that they give you for opting out of housekeeping is like really not no, that much. It's, it's not like that not much. even like I don't I don't need housekeeping desperately every day, but I don't hate having someone deliver coffee to me every day and taking the trash away, right? Um, but but it's still like, how much was it?
1: Like ten bucks a day or something? Uh, yeah, it's pretty it, low. That's it's not. It's really like fine. That much. It's right. but it's not. Again, to me, I would always rather. And I, I said this at the time when you got the the refund from the uh from this trip. Um, I would rather have had the service than have had that money come back right. to me. I would way rather have had the service,
0: especially because it's also not like that's money you are saving. That's money that you get as credit, right?
1: Yes, it is a Disney gift card.
0: So it's all still money going to Disney. It's just instead of it going <laughs> right. towards housekeeping, it's, not a refund. it's going towards merchandise that, you know, they've already manufactured and put in their in their shops. Yep. So it's, you know, it's, it's a very different thing for them than if they were actually discounting your room, which is not what they're doing. They are just giving you free merch.
1: Yep. Now it's time for the Silly Shit in Disney Films Corner. Disney
0: quandaries. Uh,
1: Silly shit in Disney Films.
0: Find silly shit in Disney
1: Films. (laughs) (laughs) So I have this thing that happens when I'm watching Disney Films, which is pretty often uh, because we have DirecTV now still, even though we got rid of cable and that has Freeform, and Freeform plays Disney Films all the time. And also I'm obsessed where I notice things that are out of place or don't make sense or just like things that I didn't notice before, but I have a list an ongoing list of them. And I joked at one point that I was going to start a whole new YouTube channel that was just about talking about like the just weird shit in Disney films. Today's topic. I realized when I was watching toy story last weekend that Andy doesn't appear to have a dad.
0: Yeah. And this is, this is something that you could kind of write off if it was just one film But this is a a full series where we have never seen mention of any other parent.
1: Now, nothing about this is meant to say, oh my God, Andy's mom is a single mom. And get into that like shitty narrative about like how kids need both parents to serve. Like, no, fuck that. That's not the point here. The point is, is this some kind of a Disney callback? Because Toy Story was a Pixar film before Disney bought Pixar, but Walt Disney uh, Animation Studios was involved. Was this meant to be the, like, no Disney hero or heroine can ever have, like, both parents healthy and involved in their lives? Is Andy a Disney princess? I think
0: Andy might be a Disney princess. I
1: think he's a Disney princess. I
0: mean, uh, some Disney princesses can, can talk to birds, uh, and other Disney princesses have self-aware, sentient toys. So, yeah, I mean...
1: He's just in that side of things. I just, like, I didn't realize it and it just felt like such a little Easter egg to me when I did. Like, it didn't feel like an interesting story point and I will note that I had posted this on Facebook and I had some friends start noting that, like, oh, there's a theory about it. There's a theory over here about it. Like, there's a theory that that's why they have to move in the first film and there are a few different things. Um, You know, I, I've seen a few different things mentioned. I've seen... I've seen it mentioned that Joe Ranft had like a specific answer or like that he said what he had intended by it or whatever. But the point isn't like what the intent was. The point is that it really just feels like an Easter egg. Like it feels like a nod to Disney's inability to give a main character like a quote unquote normal stereotypical family life.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because they didn't in any way highlight it. It's not like it was a statement because it just wasn't referenced at all. And some of this might be as a result of the fact that the parents just like are not really featured in in the films. Like, yeah, they're but not you the see point her of the all films, the time. You see
1: his mom all right, the time. Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, she's a she's an, an important part. And, and now the crazy thing is, I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should go scour all of the footage of the house. To see if I can see any pictures, like family portraits, like it's got to be in there, right? There's got to be an like, answer.
1: There's never a boyfriend either, so in my head canon now, like Andy's mom is a closeted lesbian who, like, is living her best life, but doesn't have a woman around the house because it's from the early 2000s and we were more closeted as a society at that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I so I uh, let's let's Look. go on the on the Disney princess thing here. Now, is is this like Beauty and the Beast? Are all of the toys were they actually the servants? And uh, and oh, they just shit. got turned into toys. Oh my god! And the curse hasn't been lifted, so they are just stuck living their existence as toys. That's
1: abysmal and horrifying, and I hate you for bringing it up.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair.
1: That's so terribly sad.
0: <laughs> Except it's all toys. So does that mean that instead of just being a princess, he's like, uh, what's a what's what's the daughter of an an emperor called? Uh, still just like a prince or a princess. I mean, like, that's
1: how they refer would refer to it in a Disney so. context. Every, they just call everyone Disney princesses. Mulan's not a princess. Eh.
0: True, but but still, like, maybe, maybe Andy was meant to be emperor of Earth, <laughs> and so all of the toys in his domain have gained sentience because they once were his royal court. You're
1: getting a little out there now, bud. Yeah,
0: that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Anyway, tell us what you think about Andy being a Disney princess and or future emperor of the world.
1: <laughs> the ways you can do that. Uh, nice segue there, Sam. Hey, it's almost like I've done
0: a podcast before. <laughs>
1: Stop. You're just going to hammer that one every time? Like, hey, I've done this. Um, we do have a website. It's BoredAndSassy.com. There is a contact form where you can send us feedback. Um, if you have questions about the episode something we talked about questions about going to Disney as dual income no kid people in your 30s Um, if you have feedback about any of the topics we've discussed or anything you'd like us to say on air
0: if you want to yell at us because you strongly disagree with our sassy perspective on some of these things or if you just think we're wrong like uh, it would be really fun to hear from you
1: yeah it'd be super great Um, we do also have a Twitter which is also at board and sassy it's and spelled out um, it's not an N or an ampersand. Ampersands don't work on Twitter. They tried to sign me up with that when I first signed up and it became an underscore. So you can contact us those ways. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been fun for us to do so far. Hopefully it's been fun for all 17 of you out there listening. Um, let us know if you have any feedback around like where you listen to your podcast too, if there's an easier way we can make that happen for you. I've admittedly been lazy about getting this up on iTunes, for example. Womp, womp. So, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. So, thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for watching. watching
1: Fuck!